risking hair and skin. If we're behind, then never mind. We'll fight and fight and win, for we're from Tigerland. We never weaken till the G'day everybody and welcome to the 12th edition of Tiger Tragics. Mitchell Scott is my name. I say hello to Tony Shebeki. A uh, very good morning to you, afternoon, evening, whatever time it is that you're listening to this, folks. Uh, to you, Mitchell, and also to Carl Bianco. Welcome back from the sunny Gold Coast. Ah, uh, gentlemen, just let me get another pina colada ready. I'm still in holiday what mode. What you say then when you started with the word P? God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's been happening? Did, did we win? Well, did we lose? Well, what have I missed? We, we had a win, but I think, um, I think they might have been stuck in holiday. Holiday mode a little bit for for a little bit during the game. The Tigers uh, got our tenth win of the season yesterday against Brisbane, a team who it's the only team that hasn't beaten Richmond during Damien Hardwick's tenure, actually. So that streak has continued. But um, a solid, if not earth shattering, win sixteen sixteen one hundred and twelve to Brisbane twelve nine eighty one. Um, general vibe of the game was that we should have won by a lot more. Uh, the way we came out, it was. It was that Adelaide Crows start, wasn't it, for the first five minutes? Just, yeah. They just looked really good. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of that first quarter, just pulled it back a fraction. Brisbane got a bit of momentum from that, came back in the second quarter, and then the Tigers must have got an absolute bum kicking at half time. I think, I think it was very much came in, out, yeah, a in, different team. Because that second quarter, uh, where Brisbane, we kicked one goal four, and again, we'll call that goal kicking a little bit later, because I know it's your pug bear go. Yep. Um, we kicked, Richmond kicked one goal four in that second quarter to uh, Brisbane kicking, uh, what was it, three goals three, mm. and it just brought it back to eight points at half time when they, Brisbane should never have been in the game to to begin with. With we were leading the contested ball by about thirty, the actual possessions by about fifty marks. Every stat indicator on the on the ground at, at you know five minutes to go in the in the second in the second quarter, we were just blowing them away. Yet we only led by eight points, and that's why you know I had this feeling going into this game that you know Richmond should win, should win well, but probably won't. We'll find a way to not really go on with it, um, which has sort of been a bit of. You know, Damien Harwick's admitted this year. He, say, he says that Richmond. You know, we're always in every game. We're, we're not blowing teams apart, but we're you know, even against the tough games, we we're finding ourselves in there. And that's, I think, the frustration deep down for us this year. But a win's a win. We celebrate it. Uh, your general thoughts, uh, Carl, out of out of what you saw on Sunday. Look, it was a win. It was a win. I I, I was expecting nothing less than a thirty-point win. To be honest, we got that. I think we just move on because I was expecting it's Brisbane less than a sixty-point win. Well, yeah. I, I, seriously, I, at, at, at the minimal, the minimal margin I would have accepted was thirty points. We have to be a two goal a bit, a quarter better side than Brisbane. That's what I would have. Thought. If, if we're going to be fair, we should in have, finals. We should have flogged them, right? We should have yeah. won by fifty plus points if we we're a genuine contender for the flag this year. We beat them by thirty. We, we take the four points, which are crucial, uh, and we we position ourselves fifth on the ladder, which is the main thing. We're still in contention for top four if we really think we're a genuine top four contender. I said a few weeks ago when we beat if, if we beat Port Adelaide we will be a top four contender. We then had the loss against St Kilda while I was away, which we won't talk about any further. Uh, you know, Hardwicks came out and said we won't win by ten goals, we won't lose by ten goals, I'm pretty sure. That's what he said. Yeah, we yeah. won't win, we won't lose by ten goals. So we're always gonna be around the mark. That was I think after the Sydney yeah. game. And he said that before the St Kilda loss and we lost by ten goals. Now and we should have lost by 15, really. Yeah, I know. We, we lost, I think we lost by 11 or 12 in the end. But point being, really, we should be beating sides, those sides like your Brisbane's, your Carlton's, by, you know, 40, 50 points. And lately, what we've been doing is beating by 30 or above. I'll take the win, take the four points. But, you know, 
what do we what, what do we think about our position? Where are we yeah, at at the moment? Doesn't doesn't work for me. A win's a win. You say, Mitch, you'll take the win, Carl. It doesn't work for me. It, we, if we the expectation's be, higher, isn't it? Well, it, it is now. now. We've set the bar higher for ourselves this year. Last year, yes, definitely. Take the win, happy. Thank God we won. This year, not good enough for me anymore. We need to win and win convincingly against teams that we should be beating. And Brisbane's one of those. And while we won, and yes, it was a, what, a 31-point margin, that's not convincing them. And, and the margin doesn't really matter. It was the, the method in which we won. And they part- played like millionaires in that second quarter. They thought they were the Harlem bloody Globetrotters. I, I tweeted did that see out. your tweet, yeah. that, and there was a really good uh, gift that you threw on there as well with the Harlem <laughs> Globetrotters doing some stuff. But, no, you're right, and, and they did. And, and, that, and Richmond, and we've said this, I've said this a few times now this year, we are not a classy team. We can't afford to be messing around with the football. We're a hard at it, win the ball under contested pressure and move the ball forward type of team. We're not a finessing team. We're not a Hawthorne. We're not an Adelaide. We're not a Geelong. Guys, get that in your head. Get over it. Don't try and be showboats and just do the bloody job. What what goes to that is that I look at something like the, you know, it's all about the finishing. I think the classy teams finish when they have their opportunities. And Richmond had 67 inside 50s to 39 yesterday. That is, we had eight, we had four more in the first quarter. We actually had Five more in the second quarter when they won the quarter quite convincingly. Nine goal scorers. No, yeah, nine goal scorers kicked 16 for the match. So for me, that's not a team that is making the most of its opportunities when it goes forward. And, you know, I look at it um, from yesterday and I thought that based on what happened after the St Kilda game and the... The, you know, I suppose the embarrassment that was suffered from that. But everyone, like we, were, we were quite calm last week about that. Chibiks going, no, we think that's a one-off. That's a one-off. There was we, a tablet. There was a, yeah, it. it was an aberration. I think is the word that sort of was going yeah. around. We needed to prove that it wasn't an aberration. We should have been coming out breathing absolute fire. And you know what? In that first quarter, we did. We thought, you know, we could kick four goals and well, the first fifteen minutes, I think we did. Yeah, we did. and then. And then they switched straight off and thought, oh, we'll just get that. We've, we've got this. Like yeah. we've got, this. and and for me, that's not the killer instinct of a top four team. But having said that, uh, we're, and we're focusing on negatives here about a thirty point win and the four points. There are a lot of positives that come out of the game, and let's go through a couple of them right now. Dustin Martin's ability to to brush off the tag of Robertson, and then. Robertson or Robinson? Robertson. Ro- Robertson. Robertson, Robertson yeah, whatever exactly. his name is. Uh, Robertson, <laughs> ERT. That- uh, to shrug off that tag in the first half and then come back and have the third quarter that Dustin Martin had, he had 15, was spectacular. He had 15 disposals in that third quarter. Yeah, had kicked four, a goal or two. Kicked two goals for the yeah. match. Kicked one goal in, that year in the third quarter. Uh, he also had 14 clearances for the match. Uh, 18 contested possessions, 607 metres gained. In the uh, third quarter, alone. No, 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 quarter, that's, for the, sorry, that's for the game. Okay. But yeah. in that th- in that third quarter, he, he, he led the way with everything. And okay, that's, so that's a great positive. That uh, Dusty is back, yep. okay, after maybe a week or two where he wasn't at his absolute best. Dusty's yep. back. So that's a great positive, and you want him back now, six games to go before the finals. Good run. Let's see what happens there. Second positive for me yep. was our back line got back to their best, as they were a couple of weeks ago. I really think that they started to function again as a team and started to look for each other. Two weeks ago against St Kilda, they were non-existent. So they used the ball coming well out of half-back, didn't yep. they? So I think that was a, a, an absolute positive. Trent Cotchin, I think, is really turning up as a leader now. 
as this club. I think there's a lot of questions about that over the last year or two, warranted or unwarranted. I'm not 100% sure. But this year he's silenced his doubters because he is really leading by example at this club at the moment. He's, and I think uh, that is fantastic. He's playing, and I know this. this people who aren't Richmond supporters will probably scoff at me for saying this, he's playing Selwood-like, I think, Trent Cotchin at the moment. Uh, he's yeah. throwing himself into contests. His use of the ball, getting it out of those tight little clinches where you know suddenly a little handball comes out. Who's at the bottom of the pack? It's actually Trent Cotchin, funnily enough. But then he's actually got the confidence to run away and have a bounce and kick some goals as well. Um, and I'm, I'm, I had him written down here as well. He's, uh, you know, he's the urgency I think with which he's playing at the moment, and his actual disposal use is uh, is sublime to watch at the moment. It's a player who's playing like, but it's we... his balance too, Mitch. When he's got the ball, you can see in his body movement and the shape of his body movement as he goes to move with the ball, his balance is is near perfection yep. for a footballer. He that, he looks like Dangerfield. He looks like an ablet. When he's got that ball and he starts running out through a pack, he's actually he has a purpose yep. behind him at the moment, and that's great to watch. And the fourth the fourth advantage for me was that I reckon we're actually getting a little bit of a sniff, and I don't know how long it's going to last, and I hope it lasts for the next ten weeks. But we're actually getting a little bit of a sniff as to what the Richmond recruiter saw when they brought Dion Prestia. Yes, to and the I, club. I'm glad you mentioned Prestia because I've got him written down. Um, he had a bit. Of, he, look, he. he and we, we've we've spoken about him in this podcast. He was fast on the way to becoming like our the the, the new Richmond whipping boy, yeah. the next Darren Fiora, the next Richard Tamlin, because he's this high priced recruit who's come in and he's not he wasn't really having you know the impact that we thought he would. Yesterday he was given a run with role with Dane Zorko. And shut him down. Shut him down. Zorko didn't have a touch for the first half. Hurt for, sorry, coach, for the first too. quarter. Didn't have a touch for the first quarter. Had five to half time. And if I'm just checking again, he had 11 for the match. Meanwhile, Prestier himself racked up 19, kicked the goal. Um, he's probably the one area that he that he didn't really have a huge amount in was the uh, was his contested possessions, which is why we kind of recruited him. We wanted him to be, you know, the in and under bull that would allow a bit more freedom to the likes of uh, Cochin and and Dusty having to go in and do that. Only had the five, but when you've got when you've got Dane Zorko, who you're running with for the whole game, who's probably leading you to the ball, um, and your main role is to negate him rather than go for it yourself, you're probably uh, not as likely to mm. get in the the actual clinches. But I'm so glad you mentioned him because I think he, you know, he. Uh, he didn't do a full preseason. He was uh, when you listen to Damien Harwick speak about him, he really only got himself right come March, and therefore he was always going to be better yep. come the late part of the season. So I think this next six weeks leading into finals, this is when we're going to see, uh, you know, Dion Prestia hopefully go to that next level. And uh, you know, if it means he has to have a run with role each week uh, to sort of to, to take him to that next level, then I'm all for that because it, uh, and, and that's, that's fine. Because if you look at the teams that we've got that we're coming up against over the next five or six weeks, there's a play that he can run with anyway. Yeah. Most of those teams have a standout player that he can run along. And a part of the reason I think why Brisbane were shut down yesterday is that yes, Zorko was shut down, um, uh, but the, but Rockliffe and Beams were also negligible in what they actually had, did in impacting the game. Who were you know the three of them are prolific ball winners. Who when Brisbane are up and about, they uh, you know they, they're the ones in the clinches. Carl, Carl, what did you take out of the game in a positive sense? And I know we'll talk about Nick Robertson shortly, but uh, aside from what we've been mentioned there, anything that catch your eye? Good to see Nick Lawson back. Yes. I thought uh, certainly made an impact. And he's grown a bit. Is he trying to replace Basha Huli? I'm just curious. 
Mate, he, is, he is the ginger ninja at the moment. Isn't he? <laughs> he is. I saw, yeah. oh, can I just say too? Yeah. I went as I was heading to the MCG on Saturday for the Geelong Hawthorne game. The Richmond boys were training at Punt Road, so I popped in there to watch. Great crowd, about 250, 300 people turned up. Yep, all the players. And at the end of the session, can I one hundred and fifty percent congratulate the way the Richmond Footy Club handles this? Every player came to the boundary line and started from the goal square you know, where you can't go any further there at Punt Road, yeah, yeah. and worked their way all the way around to the Jack Dyer stand and signed every piece of memorabilia, every piece of paper, every jumper, every football, every cap, every everything that was put in front of him, posed for every photo that was asked for him. It was just really, really good to see. Well done, boys. Really well Fan done. engagement. Yeah. Good stuff. Nick Lawson, what did, you, did you, what did you like about his game? I just thought his runoff halfback, it's kind of like what Hooley does when he's in the side, and we've sort of lacked that the past few weeks. I wouldn't blame it as the reason why we lost to St Kilda by such a margin last week because we just weren't, weren't on last week. But, yeah, I think having Vlosten back in, the runoff halfback, it generates it's our nice. forward interest forward entry yeah. and it was good to see Vlosten in and doing that he just brought a bit of physicality again which was nice he is in that best 22 and he has been missing since round what was yeah. it when, when, did we, when did we lose with yeah, round 7 seven or eight, round yeah. 7 yeah when he, when he we spent the last few weeks in the VFL he comes in I know they tro- they sort of took the opportunity over over the four weeks while Basher was, was out and he's got one more week to go and then he comes back in um, to trial a couple in that in that halfback slot yeah. they had Markov didn't work they, they went back to the well with Taylor Hunt last week and yeah. Unfortunately, as I, as I said last week, that was for me a backward step, not on Taylor Hunt as a person or anything like that, but just on he's part of the old Richmond that uh you know that 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 sort of thinking of Richmond we're we're moving forward with we're playing the kids we're being a bit silkier that well is now dry yeah yeah and you know you know well done to Taylor Hunt for getting back in the team but I, I don't think we go back there again Steve Morris is probably the other one in that boat unfortunately he's been a you know lo- lovely servant of the club but unfortunately I, you know he's probably not part of that. Uh, that that thing moving forward. So if Lawson got, got enough games under his belt to come back in, yep. um, Miles was the other one who got given a game. Yeah, uh, finally, I think he's second or third for the year, and he'd be knocking the door down in the VFL. He had twenty four on the weekend. Um, you know, I think we he added added some much needed hardness around the ball. Which, funnily enough, we actually we 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 got smashed in every stat, unbelievable that you could think of uh, against St Kilda. But the week before, we actually lost the contested ball and and all the all the sort of the inner. In a sanctum stats, as you as you might call them, to Port Adelaide, but still found a way to beat them. You know, contested ball tackles, all that sort of stuff. We were actually down on on that um, when it came to uh, when it came to the win over Port Adelaide. So I think we needed Miles back in there just to try and get that ball going again. Whether he holds his spot is um, is another question. I mean, we do have GWS this week, and we will touch on that soon. The the, the last one I just wanted to touch on is a, or t- two more to touch on other positives. Shane Edwards, I thought. Uh, looked very zippy and fleet yep. of foot up forward. Yep. I, th- I think not having Sam Lloyd in the team meant he had to sort of play that role a bit more he, rather than going through the midfield. He was he was sort of playing more as that sort of loose half forward who could run through the midfield a little bit. Looked dangerous at times. And the other one was the uh, they made the, the the change that you know a lot of Richmond supporters had been saying for for weeks that now it's time we we need a, we need an extra tall in and they played Soldo. As the predominant ruckman with Nane Curvis sort of playing a a roaming forward, tall ruck rover role, really. He sort of roamed in the midfield. Did you think that worked? Did you like having the two talls in the team? Yeah, it didn't didn't do anything for me or didn't do anything against me. It sort of just happened, I think, for me. Yeah, I'm still not 100% sure that Soldo's 
the man that's going to be that extra tall that's going to give us the advantage that we're going to need come finals time. And I still want to see uh, Griffiths hopefully take his place a couple of weeks before the well, finals. I might as well touch on that now because he uh, that we had Richmond had its fifth win in a row in the VFL. Yeah, had a sm- smashed the op- sm- had a massive win. Griffiths played a half. Suppose uh, all reports are played played reasonably well. Influenced, uh, you know, got got on the scoreboard. Uh, got some got, got some uh, good passing linking up with uh, with Lennon. And it's going to be a confidence for thing th- for yeah. him now. So he's going to have to get three or four full games in the reserves. Yep. and go hard at the ball and get it in his head that he can play footy again. And then you probably aim to bring him back in that last two, two or weeks, three weeks yeah. leading into the finals yep. and um, get his confidence up for that. And then bang for finals. It's, it is funny. Um, you know, I, I I just open up. You know, on Facebook you do like they've got like what you things you posted on this day a year ago. Yeah. And what I posted on this day last year uh, was uh, you know Ben Griffiths clunks. You know, it was a it was a like actually to Mark Robinson's tackle column, and I tweeted him and I said I like Ben Griffiths uh, clunks marks can kick goals. When he's full of confidence, he's the clear path forward next to Jack Rewalt, and we just haven't seen that this year, unfortunately, because of um, the reasons that are well documented. But hopefully, uh, you know, a couple more weeks under his belt, uh, start playing some full games, get that confidence back. No setbacks, I think, is also an important thing, and then he might go on. Shy Bolton had five in the VFL as well, so you know, if one of those uh, mosquito fleet guys, I know you were speaking off air about maybe Castagna. Oh, well, I was going to mention Castagna. He. I, I love him. He's in my best 22. I think we mentioned that when we went through that sort of stuff. But I'm really starting to notice his kicking efficiency is atrocious at the moment. Ten, ten disposals for the day with a 60% efficiency. That means six out of only six of his disposals for the game were effective. That's not good enough for a little bloke that should be getting a fair bit of the ball. So I'm not sure whether Castania may be a casualty from this week's team to possibly give Bolton an opportunity to come back in. Well, the, the, two, the two reasons I guess those guys are in it, are, uh, it's all about speed and pressure. And if, and if, they're, not use, if they're not hitting the scoreboard um, or making you know, good use of the ball, I, look at, I tend to look at the pressure act stats and see where, they, where they're contributing in that way and the tackles and those sort of things because that's the other part of the game is those, those little guys keep the ball pressed up. And when I look at yesterday, for example, Dan Butler had 21 pressure acts uh, laid seven tackles, kicked three goals, and I look at Castagna had John uh, Rioli twenty three, yeah, yeah twenty three, and he and Dan Rioli actually showed a bit of zip. I know early in the commentary they were saying, "Oh, is he all right?" Like they were thinking he looked a bit lame, but um, there was that goal in the last quarter where he burned three, snapped it through from thirty five, and I thought that's the Rioli we haven't seen since about round six, actually, which uh, was good. And you look at Castagna had he's, he's had twelve, and he's mm. laid one tackle. So he's it's a fairly mundane, yeah, yeah, Monday so, game. So he's the one who I think you know maybe if 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 they want to bring Bolton back in, um, he's probably the one who you know goes back, gets himself doing what he needs to do, and, and away we go. Now I want to talk about um, we'll talk about that, this in two facets. I'll start with the actual the, the MRP incidents with Dustin Martin, and then we'll lead into Nick Robertson's. Uh, Treatment of Dustin Martin and and Trent Cochin to that fact, but first of all, Dustin Martin. There's two two incidents that he might be uh, under scrutiny for at the time of recording this. The MRP findings haven't come out, so we're purely speculating here. But the first incidence was the uh, there's uh, uh, some sort of face issue with Nick Robertson, where he's he the the bit of bit of uh, uh, jumper grabbing and the like, and Robertson goes to ground, clutching his face, and you know sort of making as if he's been poked in the eye in some way. Do we think he's in any strife here, Dusty? Is his Brownlow medal on the line? Uh, no, from me. 
fine at worst, I so, think. So that'd be careless. Having said that, though, face. let's say that you can't use provocation as a defence no. in regards to this. So, And Damien Hardwick did come out in the paper or, or in his press conference after the game and say that uh, Dustin Martin was provoked into any actions that he may have taken. Well, the, the uh, MRP doesn't take that into consideration, neither does the tribunal. But was there... was What's the line that they use? Pressure, what, it wasn't, uh, wasn't enough force to justify... Well, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think I it was didn't a, see anything from Dusty that I, was actually forceful towards him. I didn't think it was a punch. I didn't think it was a poke. I didn't think it was a slap. It was sort of just was, a hand on the face. Yeah, it was just it? sort yeah. of though. It was sort of like a bit of argy bargy, and his yeah. hand happened to make contact with his face. And so for me, I look at it and go, now "What's well, going to be damning is if there's a doctor's report that comes out and says that he had you know blood in the cornea or something." Yeah, and and, and if that's the case, then Dusty gets two weeks and that's two down to one, and, and 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 the brown low yeah. goes, and and they were and the issue there. Therefore, for Richmond, is do they challenge that? Because um, you know, one week without Dusty's bad enough. And you know, well, I don't know but, if yeah. you can challenge it because the the vision wasn't conclusive enough to actually say that something did or no, did not happen. And we're all going off what we've what, only what we've seen from the broadcast. So there the, might be there might be well, angles might around be. the other side. That's what I, th- what I think the MRP the first thing they'll be doing today. Carl, well, do you think he's in? You're going to need to find tight shots. Yeah. And if the broadcaster had tight shots of what had happened, they would have shown them. Yeah. But at the moment, there is none. So there may be some wide shots, but you're not going to see conclusively no, yeah, that, that, whether that, a finger went in the eye, whether there was a punch or whatever it might those, have been. Those behind the camera, behind the goal, they're, big they're cameras extreme the club, wide. that the clubs so have. Th- yeah. That's not going to tell you. So if Richmond tried to take it to the tribunal, I don't think the vision is going to help them at all. So I think this is going to be one of those ones that's all going to come down to the fact, is he injured or not out of it? And if he is, then unfortunately, I think Dusty might have something to pay. But from what he played the rest of the game, didn't he? And there was yeah, no yeah, issues, so. yeah, yeah. What did you think, Cal? I think Nick Robertson's a flog. <laughs> That's what I think. I think he should just get stuffed because what? you don't mess with players like Dusty and Cochin. <sighs> and in the first Come place... On. No, in the first place, I mean, that's just silly. I mean, what's silly. What's, what's that? That's a bad reflection on Chris Fagan's coaching because he's obviously had a word and said, if you've got to bring a bit of physicality to it, then do it. And he's just messing with the wrong people. No, no, no. He would have taken that on his own behalf. He, oh, had, okay. he had a job to do All right. against Dustin Martin. But I don't think Chris Fagan would have minded too much if he, I'm if sure he, he would have, especially up to half time, the fact that he, was, that he was getting the job done. What was with the headbutt? Now that's head unnecessary. That's yeah, unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny, that one, I look at that and that's, if we're, if we're, if we're suspending blokes for throwing little punches into the face that are like, it doesn't matter really whether, if you throw a punch, we're deeming it low impact. If you're throwing your head into someone's into someone's head Correct. and headbutting him. For me, that, for the me, it has to be that has to be intentional and low as well. So he should be getting a week for that. The conduct of Robertson towards Dusty, you know, trying to cork him, knee him. Um, Hang on, this has been going on for 140 years. Defenders and trying to do this to, to players. I mean, you can't expect that to stop. Players will do whatever they have to do within the laws of the game. To try and win a match. And sometimes they go over and above that line and they cross that line. And when they do, they get rubbed out for doing that. Now, putting your knee into a bloke's leg, I don't believe that there's a rule that states you can't do that. No, but it's, is it in the Tagging spirit of the game? Scragging, no, well, it, but it's, it may not be, Mitch. But at the moment, the AFL has taken every single advantage that a backman had or a defender had to try and stop a bloke from doing his job this is up true. forward. You can't touch him in the back. Some of those decisions for pushing the back, what was that one against 
Uh, Lance Franklin, the free kick Lance Franklin got on the weekend. Who was on him? And Phil he, Davis? It might have been Phil Davis, and he put his hands up, didn't even touch him. And yeah. the umpire pays it for in the back. Yeah. There was another one, I think. There was even one yesterday at the Carlton uh, Western Bulldogs game. Oh, on Bonton Pelly. Yeah, on Bonton Pelly, where the umpire said, oh, in the, you pushed him in the back. There was no hands in the back. So every advantage that a defender or a tagger has had to try and put a bloke out of the game has been taken away from him. The one thing you can't take away from him is physicality within the laws. So I've got no problems with what Robin, Robinson did because it was within the laws. The, head, the headbutt was within no, the laws. No, no, no. The headbutt's not. He'll go for that. I, I think he'll probably get a week for it. Okay. But the, the stuff the, that he did to Dustin Martin, the niggling, Martin, the, the, niggling yeah. the holding and all that sort of stuff, you've no. got to give these blokes some sort of chance well, to do something. The way I kind of look at that is that in the end, like, it's up. It's up to the umpires, and then you know if there's said judiciaries that have to enforce, uh, you know, laws and that down on it, they'll get found out if they have to. And in the end, I mean, Dusty exactly. won a free kick. Well, Dusty won a free kick in the goal square, kicked a goal in late in the third quarter. Yeah, that was the the umpire saw something, and you know, granted, Dusty probably sucked him in a little bit with that one because it was a little bit. Of, he sort that's of fun. It, goes, it. it goes both but, ways. Yeah, well, it's, and, and that, I, th- I actually think it's a testament to Dusty to, to know that he was getting that treatment, and he still managed Correct. to have. 26 disposals in the second Correct. half and kicked two goals. And that was the great thing about it. Dusty knew that he was going to get no support from anyone else, or the umpires or anything, in regards to stopping this bloke. So Dusty had one choice at half time, and that was to come out in the third quarter and just blow the bloke off the park, and yeah. he did exactly that. And I suppose that this this is the question I'll put, I'll put to you, Carl. You, yep. you clearly were not happy with what Nick Robinson nah. did. Would you be happy if, for example... Uh, let's have a look. Dion, like Dion, we've been talking about Dion Prestia having a run with Rolf. If yeah. Dion Prestia this week's coming up against GWS and he, we, he's going to run with Dylan Shield and he's treating him like that, you happy with that? No. Okay. No, I, I just don't. I because I I'd be bloody thrilled if I'm honest. Grab them, grab them around <laughs> the scrotum. Do whatever you have to do, <laughs> as long as you don't get caught. Stop your look. opposition. I don't care. <laughs> bring phys- bring physicality to a game. You know, be physical. That's fine. Just don't do it in the wrong ways. Like, I think there was a lot more. Robertson was doing a lot more that we weren't privy to on like on camera. I, I think behind behind the scenes, there must have been something else going on between Robertson right. and. I would have loved, there'd be a lot I would have loved to have had an ISO camera just on those two because yeah. there would have been some no, good not footage. for the whole game. But I know there's yeah. there's more to it than what we saw on camera. I can tell you that and. There's ways of bringing physicality to a game, you know, a bit of bumping, a bit of rustle and bustling and jumper punching, might I add. Uh, but look, do it the right ways. Don't feel as though you have to headbutt uh, a captain that's Trent Cotchin or anybody else for that well, matter. Well, he'll go for that. If, if, yeah, if there was a legitimate headbutt, if it was a Fedicum headbutt, then he'll go for he it. He shouldn't be playing AFL if he thinks that. that's what he should be doing in a game to, you know, bring physicality or have an impact. I'm just glad Trent Cotchin didn't retaliate because. Well, um, well, no, we spoke oh, about yeah, this we last week, actually. Maybe, maybe, maybe he should have. Maybe he should have, because we mentioned last week that the fact that Trent Codger now, if he has one more act where he's going to get fined for, you for, know, a, strike for a strike or, or something, he automatically misses a week. So we're thinking that probably it's better for Trent Codger to take that week now, maybe not against GWS, but take that week now, not having to hang over his head in round 23 heading into the finals. Yeah, it would be a shame if Trent Codger missed a final. Although it would be funny, though, if he... Uh, if it, if it turned out we were playing Port Adelaide in a final over there, and tre- actually it'd be probably an advantage for Cochin not to play because he'd probably toss the coin and we'd kick into an eight-goal win. Again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cochin would just like to go up to the Gold Coast to relax, wouldn't he? The week after, if he well, knocks someone in the GWS game, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Well, I think, well, I, I, th- I think it's almost um, 
like a lot of this season, what this leads us into this week's game against GWS. This this week, we you know we're sitting fifth on the ladder now. We've got a percentage of 107, which you know ideally after the weekend's you know yesterday's result would have been a far better result had we made some of that percentage back that we'd lost against St Kilda. Instead, we're sort of right in the middle of the thicker things. And we're exactly back to where we were before the Port Adelaide game. Yeah, with that one, we're exactly with that game. We're a game Port Adelaide, but yeah. a game behind and points. So we've got we're currently fifth. We're we're t- ten wins, six losses. You've then got behind us. You've got Sydney, Melbourne, West Coast, and St Kilda all on nine wins between sixth and ninth. So sorry, with the same, same points as Port Adelaide. Yeah, 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 but massive percentage. Yeah, and they, and they've and they and to Port's credit, they've had percentage that's been through the roof all year because they had very Correct. easy big wins very early in the season and dominated teams just like Adelaide did. So it brings us to GWS. Now they haven't won. Uh, they've had the last three weeks has been two draws and a loss um, to to Sydney. So they've uh, it's a real clutch game this one for us. If we're legitimate about trying to push for a top four case, um, you know, I think this would give us and uh, not only give us breathing space between those teams below us because you've got Sydney and St Kilda fighting it out this week, and you know, a couple of those teams might start to separate. Um, a win over GWS, who are third on the ladder, would do so much for our campaign, but a loss would do so much as well. So uh, what are your initial thoughts going into this one? This is another statement of mine. I'm going to go out here and make another statement like what I did before the Port Adelaide game. We go out this weekend, beat GWS. Let's try that again. GWS. If we beat GWS by 30-plus points, we'll finish top four. I'm just happy to get a win. I'm I'm making a call now. The evenness of the competition uh, this year has demonstrated to me that we have the ability to finish top four if we beat GWS this weekend. Yeah. That's my call. Do I, re- I don't th- think it's unreasonable. Well, I don't think it's got anything to do with any other team other than Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide are going to be the team that determines whether we finish top four or not. Well, I reckon C- I reckon Sydney's the other one. Because I reckon C- Sydney are the team that are currently outside of the four who are most likely to go in. Um, and, you know, and, and, and we win G- beat GWS. They may just spit back out. And you mm. l- if we look at their, the, these teams... Uh, They've run home between now. Port, like Port, I look at Port Adelaide's draw, for example. They've got Melbourne, St Kilda, Adelaide, Collingwood, and the Bulldogs. Three or four very winnable games there. Um, Sydney have got uh, have got St Kilda, Hawthorne, Geelong, Frio, and and Adelaide. They're not they're not easy wins. Um, and we've got GWS, Gold Coast, Hawthorne, Geelong, and Frio ourselves. So What's GWS got GWS have got us Fremantle, which is in uh, at home up in Sydney. Mm. They've got Melbourne up in Sydney. The mm. Dogs and um, West Coast. So they should probably win four Most or five. Yeah, they would. So, so and, that, and that's why I mean, if Port Adelaide continue to win, then we won't make the fall. Yeah, we need we need some of these teams against Port Adelaide to start chipping away. And yeah. you know what, Sydney to maybe throw one or two because in the GWS end. have two games on us now and a little bit of percentage, so they can afford to lose two and still probably stay ahead of us. It's, I don't think they're going to though. It's one of those things that well, we've got the perfect opportunity to make up we'll make, make that one up of those on, games yeah, on, sa- on Saturday. Yeah. I, I, the question I ask is. We all the the loss to GWS this year was arguably the most Richmondy moment of the year. It was probably where we were at our most angriest doing this podcast. Mm. Um, but there were plenty of positives to come out of that, and that we did go up to GWS and we did lead them for eighty five percent of the match, ninety five percent of the match, and threw it away with a minute to go. Do we take confidence from that into this game? Does is it relevant in any way, shape, or form? Or do we just need to look at this as if you know clean slate? Um, this is a this is a different GWS side. This is a different venue. This is a different time of the year. Form is fleeting. 
because um, I tend, I personally tend to, to back the latter in all this, but I'm interested in in the general vibe of where Richmond people think of going into this game. Well, uh, reading the paper today and Damien Hardwick coming out in his press conference saying that the Tigers owe their next opponent, GWS Giants. Uh, Rebecca Williams writing the column. Uh, the Tigers yesterday responded with their win. Just, uh, Damien Hardwick saying, it's a big game against GWS. They'd be disappointed with their loss to Sydney last week. Probably just couldn't capitalise on their chances they had and we'll probably owe them one as well from a few weeks ago. I, I, I don't like thinking like that. No. I, I don't know, like I, thinking I, like that. I want to be breathing fire. I want to be out there saying, oh, you know, that's that's com- almost complacency in some senses. Yeah, I, but I don't like thinking, thinking that we owe them a loss mm. I mean it, it happened what happened happened mm. and you just move on I mean we, we need the win yeah that, we, need it. It we need it we, we need, need it we need it forget about win. what we owe who we need the win that's all it comes down to and, and if the, the guys have got enough fire in their belly we're a massive chance to get the win and they've got it now because this is this is the business end of the season this the is... next six weeks determine whether we Maybe play one week in the finals, or maybe we definitely play two weeks in the finals. They always, they always call July Big Boys Month because it's when the it's when the men get separated from the yeah. boys. Um, and, and so by far, August for, normally the ladder's pretty much sorted. Yeah, and but it's it's, it's such a unique year that we've uh, we, you know it's probably going to come right down to the wire, and you know the couple of those games perhaps in round twenty three might be the difference between teams finishing top four, top eight, bottom four, even it's just the way it's playing out. Um, what do you think, Carl? Are you confident going into this one, or are you a bit nervous? Look, I'm probably nervous, but I'm also excited to see what the boys can uh, display this weekend, bring to the table. I I think we go in having beaten Brisbane. Yeah, okay, some will argue that wasn't the greatest of wins, but we got the win at the end of the day. I'd like to see a few changes, mate. Uh, I think I love Ivan Soldo, and I know that he's he's eventually going to be a, a great ruckman for a bit, little bit of inex, a little bit inexperienced. You're going to... Do we need two Ruckman though? No, got... This is what I think we need to do. Yeah. And you, you're going to look at me and think, I can't believe Carl's saying this. Here it is. I can't believe Carl's saying this. <laughs> but I think when if, if Todd Elton's fit, I reckon we need Todd Elton okay. back in the side. Okay. You know, he, he, he was he's, he's serviceable in the do, VFL. Do you know, but do you know why? The advantage you get with that, and I, and I agree with you to an extent, Ivan Solo, you can't, he's not, you're, going to make, you're not going to make him a forward. No. He's purely Ruckman. And Nank Irvis Trippinone isn't a forward exactly. either. Exactly. Precisely. But. Todd Elton does come with a little bit of that forward sort of ability. Yeah. He's, he's a forward ruck, not yeah, a ruck correct, forward. Correct. But I think also on the topic of Todd Elton, he's a bit similar to Nan Curvis, like similar sort of player, not afraid to sort of go into a contest. You don't have to be the best tap ruckman, and Nan Curvis obviously isn't the best tap ruckman, but he, he gets to a contest, he's isn't ball afraid. Sense. Yeah, yeah, he's got great ball sense. So I think Elton's a little bit like that. Similar in a sense that he, not necessarily the greatest tap ruckman. We don't need to win the tap at the end of the day when you know where the ball goes up or gets thrown back in. Mm. We need to win the ball and you know get an inside fifty and make the most of our forward entries, which we've just haven't been able to do. But I think yeah, bring Alton back in, put Soldo back in the VFL because he'll be a great. Ruckman one day, but for the time being, yeah, it's an interesting one because we are being up against GWS. We are facing, um, you know, the duo of uh, of Mumford and Lob. And last time when we went, when we did go up there, we played we had the the, the Soldo name Curvis uh, thing going, and in the end, I think Mumford probably uh, got worn down by by name Curvis. But did it really make all the difference in the end? I mean, at the end of the day, 
Uh, I don't think the Ruck Geo in that in that instance was a difference. But um, I do, particularly against GWS's defence, is uh, probably their most vulnerable point. They do have Phil Davis down there, but they do have a lot of players who go a little bit unheralded and. Um, you know, they got the Nick Hayneses of the world and these sort of guys, and you don't you don't tend to think of them as being elite tall defenders. They're, you know, they're not a they're not a Rance Asprey sort of duo. So you tend to think that you know what if we do have that extra player down there who can actually clunk marks and hit the scoreboard, um, it's not the silliest thing you've said, Carl. You said some silly things, but that's not, that's not the silly. so I'm actually I'm I'm actually kind of with you on that one. I would uh, the other one who went out. I I, I suppose was they took Menadju out, and I thought he was probably the one who was most stiff to miss because I thought. You know, maybe we were lacking. We were just going to be one short for the speed factor. On that point, though, mm. Menadju came out. Broad came in. What was the point of bringing Nathan Broad in? I I think just his VFL form had been that good that they decided but, let's uh, give him a go against Brisbane. I, that's not a good enough excuse or reason no. for Menadju been good I, the last ten weeks. Menadju's been great. Should have stayed. Very serviceable. Should have played instead of Nathan Broad. And but, well, well, if they whether they make the change for this week or next week, I think whenever when. Broad will if Broad holds on this week, he'll come straight out when Bashers are Bashers right to go. So that's kind of I think where the selection sits. If I if I told you something some a good stat that will might fill you with a bit more optimism, um, GWS have played ten times at the MCG, and they've won once mm. at the MCG, and that's that was against Melbourne uh, in you know in the very first year of Paul Ruse's, which is not enough because I do enjoy playing their song, the GWS song, yeah. Oh, oh, I don't yeah. want to play it this week. The theme from the Moscow Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought it was like a German beer house type. You can imagine the Simpsons. Yeah, that episode of the Simpsons where they're all in the in the knight's table in that secret. Yeah, yeah it's, like stone, it's like the Stonecutter yeah, exactly. song. Exactly. You're the right, greater Western Sydney Giants. But we're not going to sing it this week. No, we want to start. That'll be no. We're not GWS supporters. I actually think this might be if the Tiger Army really gets out there and supports it and supports it. This might be the biggest non-finals crowd GWS has played in front of. I think they played in front of it was about 60-65 last year when they played Sydney out at Homebush. Hey, I'll tell you what I did like on Saturday night seeing a full spotless stadium. Oh, how good did it look? That, that looked how, about, really how noisy was it? For that game against Sydney. So there's a little bit of momentum uh, crowd-wise coming up behind GWS. Yeah, so, so and if they can if they can bring 10 to 15 down to Melbourne or, or to the MCG, not necessarily down from Sydney because they do have supporters here in, in Melbourne as well. But if they kids. can bring 10 to 15 themselves and if we bring our usual 45 to 50, there's no reason why we couldn't have 65 to 70 there. And it'd be huge. On Sunday. It would be... And I, I actually think that would be a huge advantage to us in that, you know, we look at Eddie had yesterday and there was 28,000 there and it didn't really feel like a Richmond home game because it's at Eddie had and they had the roof open, which I'm still, I still don't know why they had no, the roof open. let the roof be open. No, could they got Every opportunity like, they, you can. They couldn't see, mate. They couldn't see. Oh, They're like blokes. this. I'm shielding my eyes as I talk poor right now. Blokes. Oh, well, it's just, I, it's just, why, why, you've got a roof that makes the game a far better spectacle. Why not just have it? Yeah. And, and I jest when I say we're going to get sixty-five to seven. We probably won't, but if we get if we, if we get, get 50. 40, if we get forty to fifty, I reckon that'd be great because Richmond and GWS. If, if you'd go through back through the crowds, I reckon twenty to twenty-five to thirty max has probably taken a Richmond to GWS game in the past. So to, if you could nearly you know improve that by seventy-five percent, I reckon that's not a bad thing. I reckon the last time we played them at the G would have been it was two years ago. It was a Saturday afternoon. It was a really dour affair. They let us all go, and we found a way to get in front in the last. 10 minutes and held on. Anthony Miles starred and um, 
you know, I suppose that's two years ago. We obviously uh, last year played them. Uh, we played them up at. Uh, we played them in Canberra actually last year, which was the one where we absolutely, yeah, absolutely got just, trounced. Yep. Um, and then we obviously had the game at, at Spotless this year early. So and Jer- no Jeremy Cameron either for them. Yeah. But if he he got pulled out late of, on Saturday. Well, do we know why? Do we know whether he's I think it was available? hamstring tightness. Now, okay, so he should be available. You would think this. We week. hope not though. No, no, God, no. <laughs> well, that's right. That, that, that extra forward really stretches our de- our defence just that little bit more. Well, than means what you Asprey, might. It means Asprey can be. Uh, Asprey would go to Patton and Rance can do his thing. What can we do to improve our our efficiency inside 50, guys? I just want to bring up a little stat here. Round nine earlier in the year. uh, (laughs) That's a good start. GWS, 51% efficiency, 23 shots from 45 inside 50s. Us, on the other hand, 49% efficiency. We had seven more shots on goal, 30 shots, and we had 61 inside 50s. So we've gone inside 50, what's that? 16 more times than GWS. Had an efficiency of forty nine percent. What what can we do against him this week? Do you reckon um, to beat him? Kick kick straight and bribe the uh, goal review umpire to give us a goal if Shea Bolton kicks it and they think it's touched. That's what I would be. T- but I mean, like that wasn't the defining moment because again, I want to go back to our efficiency. The comparison between the two Brisbane games, I was looking at it a little earlier. But just to backtrack a little, in round four when we played Brisbane, we had we were more efficient. But we didn't really make the most of our entries. Are we taking more? Mar- are we taking less marks inside fifty though than we were? Is it like this? This is the. Uh, I didn't get the mark. <laughs> yeah, didn't get the marks. I was just looking more so at our efficiency with our forward entry, and look, we we seem to be able to get the ball in, but we just can't convert in front of God. Yeah. I just can't work it out. And this was a problem last year as well. Backtracking, I know we don't like to look back at last year. But whenever we got our ball, the ball inside fifty, we just couldn't convert. We'd always kick it straight to an opponent. What's that the point? Wrong. Yeah, what's the point of kicking inside fifty if we haven't? We're not hitting a target. I think. Look, I think our inside fifty numbers are probably skewed by the fact that our game plan is a ball about locking it up there, and therefore the ball's going to be staying up there. But and as a result of that. If you lock the ball and the play, uh, if you lock the ball up your end, therefore everyone's naturally going to drift back further. Meaning you're probably dealing with 36 players in in, in your defensive 50, defensive sort of 70, rather than having everyone sort of spread out as they traditionally would be. So therefore, you, sh- you it is more congested. It's harder to get a shot away, and when you do get a shot away, chances are it's a bit more rushed. You might be a bit further around. It's not going to be a dead eye dick shot in front, and therefore when. My, the, the issues I have is when we do have a dead-eye dick shot in front. Jack Rewalt yesterday, for example, first quarter, 10 metres out, directly in front, mate. Just bread and butter, put it through. He actually Shut- didn't give himself enough room to the man no, on the mark. No, he, he cribbed and tried to yeah, sort of curl it. Was it was weird. Um, Shane, like Shane, there was a, a couple of instances yesterday. They take a mark 45 out on a slight angle, and rather than just settling, go back, kick the goal, they then look for a better option again. Mm. Um, you know, another one, and who kicked into the man of the mark was only twenty twenty. That was Castagna. That was Castagna. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, so they those sort of instances, they just need to take a deep breath, go back, think of whatever you, you, look think at, of, you look at the best goal kickers that we've had in the AFL, Matthew Lloyd, all those sort of blokes. It all comes, Paul Salmon, it all comes down to routine. Routine. and You, you do they, exactly the same thing every time you go to for a kicking your goal. And they back themselves in to do that. Whereas I think our guys, maybe, I don't know whether it's a kicking distance thing or something like that, but there seems to be, if we're 45 out, um, if we're 45 out on a little bit of an angle, they're reluctant to take that shot. Uh, and, and, you and know, once that doubt gets in your head, 
Yeah. You, you, you've lost 20% of your advantage straight away, I reckon. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so GWS this week, a tip. Yeah, GWS by 10 goals. Sticking to tradition, Carl? Richmond by 10. Goals or points? Goals. You're optimistic. I'm going to say GWS by a kick. Ooh. Yeah, it's, I think we might be. That's just you know, I, 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 which which sort of leads me into just the last thing I want to touch on before we wrap up today, which is the confidence levels going into the rest of the the last quarter of the season. Six weeks to go. One game from top four. One game from outside the eight is where we find ourselves. Our run home is GWS, the Gold Coast up there, Hawthorne here at the G, Geelong, Frio, and St Kilda. How many of those do we, we, we need to win three? That game against the Gold Coast, is that Saturday night? That's uh, Saturday night, I believe, up there. At, Saturday night? I think, I think it might be Great. Saturday Great. I'm up at Ipswich doing motor racing that weekend. I might just, just head across to Metricon. Let me, let me have a look. It's in a fortnight. A, yeah, Saturday, Saturday night, 7.25 Metricon. Fantastic. So we need to win. This is why I think this game this weekend is so crucial because we need to win th- probably three of these to be to, to to want to guarantee ourselves. We look ideally we want to win all all of them, but we, um, you know, the, 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 I suppose the ones that if you would have said if you would ask eight weeks ago what the ones you pencil in, you go, oh yeah, we probably beat Gold Coast, we probably beat Hawthorne, um, and St Kilda at the time weren't very good. We beat St Kilda, and you know what, Frio are no good, so we beat them um, over there. Now, uh, GWS, you know, there could be anything. Gold Coast. I'm, you know, it, we should win, but again, not confident. Hawthorne aren't the Hawthorne of ten weeks ago. No, Hawth- Hawthorne, of, Hawthorne in the last three weeks have beat three out of the last four weeks have beaten. Um, they beat number. They beat top of the ladder Adelaide. They nearly beat third on the ladder. Uh, are they third or second Geelong at the moment. They but they you know ran Ge- second, to, Yeah, ran Geelong to a kick and drew with GWS third. So they're they're good. So that game is a danger game if ever I've seen one. But if it's a close game at the end, mm-hmm. give it to Isaac Smith. Yes. Actually, no, don't. <laughs> Actually, don't, because we're the Poor sort of Isaac. team that Isaac ki- will kick the goal against. It'd be like Richmond just to play him into yeah. form in that he last act- five he seconds. Actually, you know what? It actually, it's very Richmondy what Isaac does. Actually, you know, I've got a lot of time for Isaac Smith. I think he's a great player. And I don't, you know, divul- digressing here a little bit. I don't. Uh, have any issue with him doing what he did because he's a very good kick on the run normally and he backed himself and he thought the siren might go any second so just play on and go mate um, so so be it out of those six games what com- how many how many do we how many are you confident sitting here right now that we're actually going to win without thinking or doing too much research or numbers you just go oh yeah we're going to win we'll win we'll beat Gold Coast okay we'll beat Hawthorne okay who else uh, we Frio beat, we played we'll beat Frio Frio over buddies. there Geelong down in Geelong. Frio over there, we'll, we will beat them for sure. There's three Get on real, now. There's three interesting redemption games, actually, in this whole string of games. We've got GWS this week. We're redeem, yep. We want redemption for what happened there. Fremantle, we want redemption. Yep. I can bet your bottom dollar, if there's 20 seconds to go in the game and Richmond are up by a goal, we'll be doing a lot more, more than be. we did we'll last be, time. We'll be five in front. And the St Kilda game's a redemption game as well. So, Carl, what do you think? Are you confident? We is can, St Kilda okay. the final game of the round of the season? Yeah, and that's why I... Look, see, that's a tough one because if St Kilda any chance to make the finals, you expect that they're going to come out damn hard. And if Richmond can't make the top four at that point in time, and they can just, you know, they're just going to make the top eight, or they will be in the top eight, then obviously the impetus is more St Kilda's way mm-hmm. because they need the game more. So that'll, that'll be a tough one. I have no doubt about that. So I'm, I'm confident for, the, for three out of six. Okay. Carl? 
Well, looking back earlier in the year, I said that uh, we would beat St Kilda two weeks ago, and we didn't. So we now need to beat St Kilda in the last round, uh, I, I would think anyway, because I said that going backtracking a few weeks, I said that if we get to the St Kilda game and you know we're looking pretty good, then we probably look at potentially dropping that game. So I'm backtracking on that statement and saying we need to win that game. So looking at it, I think four out of the six games is probably what we realistically need to win. Do I think we could win five? Yes. And if we're going to drop any game, I think it'll probably be Geelong at the Cattery because that's no easy task going to uh, is it Skilled Simmons, whatever they call it yeah, these days. There, yeah. We haven't won this since 2006. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that's not going to be an easy task. But again, we'll get to it a little bit as it gets closer. If we're in a good position and we manage to knock off Geelong down there, then uh, we'll finish top four, no doubt. But I think, yeah, look, we beat GWS this week. It's 50-50, but I I said that it would be a 50-50 game. Gold Coast, you'd think we'd win. Hawthorne, you would think we'd win against as well. But again, they're not the same team as what they were earlier in the year. Geelong, I'd say a loss. Freo, I'd say a win. And St Kilda, I'd say a win as well. So I think five out of the next six is definitely a possibility, four at the very least. Well, the old uh, champion data stats for where Richmond are going to finish for the year. Uh, 12% chance we're going to finish fifth. 16% and and 16% will finish sixth or seventh. And then an 18% chance we're going to finish, or 15% chance we'll finish eight. Otherwise, it's... uh, 1% 1% chance for the top, 2 for second, 4 for third, and 8% for fourth. So okay. champion data probably having have us finishing that sixth through to eighth position. That's why it's so important. That They're we still d- saying there's a 12% chance we could actually finish outside of yeah, the Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm kind of in that. I'm worried about that 12% if I'm – because I think, look, so much of this season is if, – look, if we just keep winning games, then our destiny's in our own hands. But if we drop a couple here and there, and, you know, particularly if there's one, one of these danger games that we do fall on the other side of – um, I think that you know we start putting our destiny in other clubs' hands and hoping for this and hoping for that, and I just get really nervous about that when it comes down to it. And um, you know, I'm not I'm not convinced yet that we're making finals. I just because, and it's nothing. It's not against Richmond per se. It's more about the the just the competitiveness and equalness of the competition around us on the ladder at the moment. And you know what, teams teams seem to go from being millionaires to paupers in the space of one week to the next. So form is such a hard thing to read and. Um, you know, you got to look at the body of work, and the body of work for a lot of teams is they're all basically around where we are on the ladder. So I go, geez, anything could happen. Um, I look at that run home, and I think, look, this is why I think this week's so crucial. If we beat GWS, then we can start. We can, you know, we can we can breathe easy by beating Gold Coast, and then we probably only have to win one more of those ones on the way well, home. If we beat GWS, I think we might we might finish with five out of yeah. those six. Yeah. And it's and, and that and that would be a real confidence boost as well. So, the, uh, I suppose bottom line is the next three weeks are really crucial um, to setting us up. Two two out of three of the next two of the next three weeks uh, gets us to twelve wins with three to go, which which probably gives you enough breathing space. Teams start dropping off, and you know what? Maybe you know the Geelong, the Fremantle, and St Kilda, the Freo and St Kilda might drop off, and you never know. We might start resting players. So, contemplate this. Yeah. According to this champion data ladder predictor, we play Melbourne in the first elimination final. Melbourne will finish sixth. We finish seventh. My well, my my fiance is a Melbourne supporter. My so. wife's a Melbourne supporter. <laughs> I actually, will, I don't think to be the worst team to come up against. But at the same time, they're if they're a, they've got their best twenty two. They'll have their best twenty two back. I'd rather be playing them than than St Kilda then or kiss Sydney. goodbye a finals win this year if it's against Melbourne. Mm. I don't look. I hate to go too early, but if Champion Data is correct and we do finish seventh, we come up against Melbourne who finished sixth. It'd be a great final. You see 90,000 plus at the G, I reckon. 
because been a while since Melbourne have been in a final as well. But uh, yeah, it's funny though. I look at that. If I, if we're playing Melbourne in a final, we've got like we've got more finals experience than them. Just about they've got they, who who will they have? They've Jordan Lewis, who's come from. Um, who came from Hawthorne, obviously. But other than that, I don't. I don't know that they'll have a player who's played in a final. Whereas we've had, yeah, we've had three oh, bad Jones. Did he? Did he? No, didn't he? Did he, he play against Hawthorne? In two, he, his first, he might have played one in his first yeah. year in 20, 2006. Because they haven't played finals since two thousand six. So if it's, I look at us and yeah, we haven't won one, but we've got three, you know, recent history finals under our belt with you know a fair chunk of that side. So. A lot to think contemplate for the next six weeks, gentlemen. I thank Let's you. Let's just focus on this week. One yeah, week, yeah, at, a time, one week at a time. One week at a time. Let's get through GWS. Let's knock them off. Tiger Army, get out there. We have been the Tiger Tragics. I thank you, gentlemen, for thank your time. You. Thank you. Go Tigers. Go, Go Tigers. Tigers. Like the tiger of all,